did anybody here not receive these last week? There's a packet that we passed out. Maybe you weren't here. There's a packet and there's also a blue and a white paper. If you did not receive them last week, if you could raise your hand, we got a few ushers that will bring them out to you. I'd like you to have them as we begin. So if you did not get one last week, raise your hands, get the attention of the ushers. Pastor Nelson didn't get one. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And this this is for everyone. This is this is an inclusive thing. What you have in there is you have a magnet that says, I pray, and you also have a circle that says, one for two. And then you've got a sticker that says, I pray, and a sticker that says, uh, one for two. Winona got an, a, a message last night from Mandy. Uh, that, that was precious. Um, they weren't able to make it today. So they sent us a note and asked if we could... Um, put something in for them they have some people and then and then she put little Lexi who's maybe seven I'm not eight she's done this herself and she has two people that she's praying for and she's put them on her bed beside her I got tickled when when Winona told me that and that's why we've asked for the 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 children from the older Sunday school because I believe that this is something that everyone can be involved in. So I'll just quickly explain this because I believe God has given me a word for today, but I just want to rehash a little bit. What they are is, is I believe this year God has challenged me and I believe he's given me a thought process and a strategy that we would reach beyond our comfort zone. And so when it says, I pray, and one for two, those are just words. Winona came up with the I pray, because we're real technology people here, just like iPhone and iPad, now we I pray. And the one for two is, I've asked everyone here, and it's, you can accept it or decline, it doesn't matter, it's not, this isn't a, a requirement, this is an opportunity. For everyone that if you know two people that you look at that you'd like to pray for this year, they might be saved, but maybe not following the Lord the way that they have in the past. They might be family. They might be friends. They might be somebody that you've met, but you'd like to get to know them more, and God has placed them on your heart. And, and I've asked God just for two people to place on your hearts and or if you're a family, that you would pray for another family. So, for instance, Winona and I have a family that we're praying for. That's one of the, one of the people or the groups that we're praying for is a family, and then I also have an individual. And what we've done is we've asked people, the white copy is one to keep in your Bible or in your drawer, if you have a space or a place that you pray, that you would have that available in front of you and around you. And the other one is one that I've asked if you would be kind enough and prepared to bring that today to pray over them. Not that I'm going to call you next week and say, have you prayed? 
That's not the kind of commitment or covenant commitment that I've looked at. But what I am looking at is that we are family and we are one. And I'm asking us all to consider this in a serious nature. That we would pray for two people that we are asking God for. That God has laid on our hearts. That we would see them receive or come back to the Lord. And and whether they come to this church or another church. It's not that they would necessarily come here. I will accept them, but, and we will accept them, but it's not necessary that they have to come here. The goal is that God would be glorified and that Christ would make a difference in their life. So that's the goal. That's the desire. And so we, we passed these out last week at the end of the service. We're going to look at them. We're going to bring them forward and we're going to pray together as a family. Amen. we're the family of God. We're members one of another. Every one of us is important in the body of Christ. That should have been a few amens. They're like, thank you, Jesus. I'm important. Every one of us is important in the body of Christ. In fact, sometimes the insignificant things are the ones that bring us the most. Have you ever stepped on something with your toe? And pain shoots through you? And you go, what just happened? And you pull out this little thing and it's less than an eighth of an inch long, but it produced a pain that was horrendous. That's what happens in members. Sometimes in our members, we, we have things that will affect us, even the littlest one, but it affects everything. So we're doing this together as a body. So I passed them out. Um, I went to put our magnet on our fridge, but our fridge is stainless steel, so it's not magnetic. <laughs> So I put it on another place where I do a lot of work, and that's on my, my washing machine. <laughs> because I'm in there quite a bit washing. Not that I'm always making a mess, but I, I just help my wife. So thank you, honey. So that is for you. We'll, uh, we're going to get to them a, in a bit, but I wanted to touch base on that. Hallelujah. Ariana, thank you for sharing this morning. Man, she preached a sermon in three minutes. Like, you got to take us out for coffee and tell us how to do that. (laughs) Pastor Nelson and me. And I'm sure everybody else here would pay for it. (laughs) That was good. And I appreciate when people hear what God is speaking to them and they follow through on that. And that's part of last week I talked from Matthew 10 when Jesus commissioned the disciples and he sent them out and he says, as you go. And it was interesting that he had 12 disciples in that scenario. And if you go to Luke, you find out that he sent out the 12 disciples, but he also sent out 70. And I would suggest to you that every single one of them was a little bit different than the other one. In other words, we're not cookie-cutter Christians. We are all created in the image of God, but he has got such variety and such uniqueness that every one of us has got our own fingerprint. Every one of us has our own uh, DNA that God has placed inside of us and the intricacies and the amazing way that God created us. And what I suggested last week is as you go, the go is how you are. 
So this morning, when you shared Ariana, you were, I believe, you were just modeling as you go. And this was how God was ministering to you. And some people may share and other people may have the ministry of helps. And some people may have a prayer ministry, an intercession ministry. And other people might be a a mechanic. Another person might be a carpenter. And another person might be building buildings. And another person might be in a school. Another person might be a draftsman. It doesn't matter to God. He places you in the situation and in the arena where he sees you and that's where you are today and that's where I believe your go is connected. And I shared last week that the vision, if I could share and if I could boil down the vision in a statement and I find sometimes when you do that you limit or it's, it's almost... Um, putting it in a box and this is not putting it in a box but as i've found as we have grown and as our relationship with god grows our vision our understanding grows and there's many aspects that it flows from or to it and if i can explain anything from when i've had conversations with pastor nelson coffee with him when i hear his heart when i see him get anxious when i see him get excited it's that you would understand and realize the call that god has put on your life and his passion and it is the passion of this church is that you would see and understand the mountain or the sphere of influence the arena that you are in and that you would serve god with all your might in that arena that you would understand your call and that you would be able to take it where you are so if i look at that at all that is as you go some people refer to them as mountains other people refer to them as spheres of influence. Other people refer to them as, as where they work. Whatever place that God has put you in, I believe, is where God wants you to be an influence. Don't wait till you become CEO. Serve where you are, where you are, how you are, what you are doing in the place that God has put you in now. Serve there. Get the call of God and say, God, what are you doing here? Why am I sweeping the floor? Because God's placed you there. So that is a little bit about the vision. Then as we shared, and then I also took you to the Matthew 13, where he talked about the sower went forth to sow. And there was five words that I wanted to bring to your attention and your thought. And, to, and I'd like to sear them. I'd like the Holy Spirit to sear them in your mind. Intention. Live with intention. Live as a person with Intent. Everything I do, I want to do with intent. Even when I'm having fun, I'm intentionally having fun. Do it with passion. The sower went forth to sow. Do it with passion. You want to see somebody with passion? They're excited to be around. They're almost like so passionate you have to take a break from them. And you find out your passion usually by what gets you moving or motivated or stirs inside of you. Intention, passion, 
purpose. Oh, wow. Cool. Olivia is purposeful and passionate this morning. Understanding purpose. Do things with purpose. There are things that I do in my house that I do on purpose that have no other significance except for the fact that I'm doing it on purpose. Live life on purpose. With purpose. And then there's also consistency. The sower went forth to sow. And you see that he sowed in four types of soil. He was consistent in that he sowed. Be consistent in how you live. In your words and in your actions and in your life. And the last word that I had there was to have an expectation. He sowed his seed because he expected something to happen. And I want to take two minutes and talk about expectation. Because sometimes, and, at, and this year I believe, I've asked for all of us, myself included. And I've got my blue paper here. And I will be the first one to put it in the basket. I'm asking God every day of this year, I'm committing to pray for two people. I have an expectation that something's going to happen. With these two people. But I also realized that there were four types of soil. And I want to be honest and I want to be clear. You may have somebody on here. It's not your job to get them saved. It's not your job to get someone saved. Your job is to plant the seed and to water. It says in, the, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking and there's a bit of an argument going on. And they said, some of us, some of you say you're from Apollos and some of you say you're from Paul. And he says, Apollos, he, he, I planted and Apollos watered. He says, but God gave the increase. And that's why I'm saying you may witness to them. You may show them the love of God. And that's, that's what it's all about is showing them God's love. That's how you preach. You show them God's love, they may go somewhere else. Someone else may also water it. And where God gives the increase, God gives the increase, and I'm okay with that. So I want to be clear that you may be planting seeds here, and you may be showing love, and somebody else may reap the reward. Are you okay with that? I don't want you to say, I prayed for two people and nothing happened. Something happened. Something happened. And some of us may be able to see the results here or in our friendships or in in their lives. And others of us may not see that. That's okay. There were four types of soil. Jesus even had somebody that left him. I'm all for 100% retention. But I, I think we need to sometimes we expect that. And God shows in the word that there's soil. Sometimes the soil isn't receptive. So I just want to take a few minutes and put that in there. Today I want to take some time and I want to talk about prayer as part of this. I'm going to read you a few verses. The first one is in 1 Thessalonians 5. If you want to turn there, 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm going to read it in the King James, and then I've got another version that I think was just awesome. It's the last half of that verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Oh, that, sorry. 
I'm looking, I've got the wrong, First Thessalonians 5, 16, yes, we're going to read that, 16, 17, and 18. It says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I want you to see that prayer and thanksgiving are related and connected. So this year, as you pray, thank God. In our culture, we don't thank until we get it. Can I have a cup of water, please? Then when it's delivered, you say, thank you. But in God's economy, he says, ask, and at the same time, also say, thank you. There is an expectation when you say, thank you, that you're already receiving what you've asked for. So I want to say, with respect to prayer, as we look at prayer, there is an aspect, yes, bring your requests, make them known unto God, but at the same time, have an attitude of thanksgiving. Don't just throw it on God, but thank Him that He's the one that answers. Thank Him for the answer before you receive it. That's a little different than the way we've grown up. I've seen parents that will tell their child, once they receive something, now you say thank you. And that's what we've been trained, and that's how we've been taught, and that's good manners. In God's economy, his good manners is you even say it ahead of time. Please and thanks. So I just want to show you that in 1 Thessalonians 5. I mean, I could have a lot of verses about prayer. I think there's over 325 references in the Bible. And I've got like six minutes. I can't even talk that fast. The next one I want you to see is in Matthew 6 and in the other uh, Gospels when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, can you teach us how to pray? Do you know we have to learn how to pray? Do you know when you learn how to pray, you can be more effective? You can see more answers when you know how to pray? And if you go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, he says he teaches them to pray. And he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And there's a method, there's a a structure in that prayer. And one of the first things is we place God where he is. Recognize who we're talking with. He is the one who reigns on high. That's pretty exciting because he's the one that can authorize anything and everything because he's the top. It's not like going to the second in command and waiting in him saying, let me check. No, you go to God. He's the one that is higher above all else. On Friday, we went to a funeral for for Sister Erica. And a lady began in prayer. And this lady, I've actually known her from 35, 36 years ago. And I told Winona back then, there was a reverence around her. And you didn't even step around her because, I mean, there was an authority. And she got up to pray. And that whole building moved (laughs) there was a power in that prayer i mean she moved heaven and you can actually move heaven when you pray 
Daniel prayed and God released something in heaven. Don't think your prayers go only 22 feet up, hit the ceiling, bounce down and have fun here. Your prayers go to heaven and they affect because you're talking to your father. We need an expectation in our prayers that we are talking to him and heaven moves. It was, I I just sat there listening to her prayer and it was like, Lord, teach me how to pray. (laughs) Forget this, bless me now as I lay down to sleep. Bless this food. Bless this, bless that. I mean, wow. Wow. The Lord's Prayer. And the last verse I'd like you to turn to is in James. And it's the last half of that verse. James chapter 5 verse 16. And in that passage, James is writing about prayer. And he's, he's talking about relationships one another. And he's talking about if you're sick. If you're sick. Call on the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And if you've committed any sin, they'll be forgiven. That's a pretty good package deal. If you're sick, you can call on the elders of the church. That's what the word of God says. Amen? If you continue down into that verse and you get down to verse 16, the last part of it, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And this year, as we pray, I believe things are going to happen because we are praying with purpose. We're praying with intent. We're praying with passion. We're praying with consistency. We're praying with an expectation. And we are praying with fervency. And that verse, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's another version. It's called the J.B. Phillips. And he refers to it this way. He says, tremendous power is made available through a good man's earnest prayer. Tremendous power is made available through a good man's earnest prayer. When you pray, you release power into any situation that you are dealing with. Whether you're praying for an individual, whether you're praying for a circumstance, whether you're praying for a specific result, when you pray and you go with and don't just pray, bless me God as I do this day, but pray with fervency and you touch the gates of heaven and you approach his throne, what happens is it releases power in your life and in your situation and something will happen. I believe it. The last three years, I can't count how many times Winona and I have prayed specifically for how she was feeling. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that every time we prayed, something happened. And I'm not kidding when I say that. It wasn't always the result we wanted as far as we wanted, but improvement happened. Something happened. I believe in the power of prayer. And it says that there's a tremendous power that's released when a good man prays with earnest fervor or we prays earnestly. So this year as we pray for people, I'm not asking you just to say, God, be with him today. That's how I would pray typically. 
I'd see their name almost like a roll call. God, would you bless? Dun, 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 dun. I'm asking you to capture the heart of God and go for it a little deeper. Because when you go for it deeper, you're going to get deeper results. I want to talk a little bit about what the benefit of prayer is. It's talking with God. It's talking with God. It's speaking to him, but it's also listening. My wife and I never have a one-sided conversation. Because you can't have them. But when we converse, I say something, she agrees with me. She says, yes, dear, I'll do whatever you say. And then I continue. See, it's a two-way thing. She gives, I take. I love you, honey. There's no one else in this world I'd do life with than you. Talking with God is saying something, but then listening. Take the time to listen to what he says. Take the time to hear. Quite often, we are so busy, we don't take the time to hear. And then something happens, and then all of a sudden, we hear then. And he's not an I told you, God. But he sometimes is, I spoke to you, God. So I want to give you some thoughts. Prayer involves thanksgiving. Bring your request to him. It moves you. You can't truly pray without being moved yourself. If you want to increase your prayer life, get involved with somebody else. (laughs) I got involved with just a couple people and I was shocked and amazed how my prayer life changed because I couldn't just pray for them. Now all of a sudden there was a need. There was a desperation. There was something that required more than me just going and bending down on my knees and saying, God, be with them. But it involved me going, Lord, you know them. You hear their, you get involved with somebody's life and all of a sudden you feel the pain. You see the scrunching and the twisting in their heart. You see their face and how it just anguishes upon them. And you can't leave that place and just go, God bless them. It affects you. So when you pray, it also affects you. It says in the Gospels that Jesus was moved with compassion. And Winona has preached on that and done a study. Moved with compassion just isn't a little thing. There's a force. There's a power. There's something in there. I'm expecting and believing this year that every one of us is going to be moved with compassion. Because when you ask God for those two people, whether you have them right now or you're going to write them in a few minutes. When you ask God for those two people, I'm asking God, I'm asking him to have fun with you. And I'm asking him to bring them across your path. And that you would be moved with compassion. Moves heaven. One of the benefits of the prayer, it prepares you. 
You can't pray for somebody and not be prepared to do something when you see them. When you truly pray for somebody, you are committing and your heart is in it and your will and your emotions. You are now aligning yourself and looking at them with a purpose and intent. And when you pray for them, you can't come across them and not be moved by them. There's a captivation that happens. I pray, I believe in blessing. It says, it's God's goodness that leads us to salvation. You are birthed in goodness. That's the birthing room is goodness. So there's an aspect of goodness of God that is alive and is evident and is wanting to come forth in everyone. I believe that. Because when they're saved, they're saved in God's goodness because of his goodness. And you'll be moved. It prepares you. In fact, I would suggest to you that prayer does more for you than it does for the person you're praying for. Now you're all looking at me going, what did I just sign up for? But when you truly pray for somebody, it actually changes you more than it changes them. I have found sometimes that person didn't change at all. They were still ornery, ornery. I don't care which way my kids or my wife says it. They are still difficult. I'm saying God help them. And what he does is he helps me and he makes me love them even though they stay the same way. Don't ask God to change them. Sometimes that's futile. Ask God to change you. You can say, God, speak to them, be with them. Would you wash them with your blood? Would you direct their steps? God, I speak peace over them. You can speak those things. You can declare those things. But what it does to you is it makes you change inside. And that person that used to be somebody you didn't want to approach now becomes somebody that when they come around you, you will put your arm around them because you love them and you pray for them and you're committed to them. Anybody picking up what I'm laying down? Prayer does something to you. I'm not asking you to pray for an hour a day. But I'm asking you to pray in a different way than maybe you've grown up with. I'll be honest with you. I grew up with, well, Lord, I have eight brothers. Do you know how long it takes if I prayed for each one of those two minutes? And he does math, it's 16 minutes. And then I got to pray for my mom and dad because I prayed for my brothers, I got to pray for them. And then I got my family, their, their family. I mean, so what happens is we just go, God, would you be with so-and-so today? Bless them. And I'm not saying don't do that. But when you pick, and that's why I said, just let's just start with two. <laughs> but when you start and you target one, today, I looked on my wall and I saw their name and I said, God, would you pour out your spirit upon them today? Would you reveal yourself to them in a way that they didn't realize it before? God, would you speak to them? Would you open up heaven before them and let them see your goodness in their life? Would you cause them to be needy and hungry for you? And it changed the way when I used to pray as literally as last week, God bless them today and be with them. I sat down with my wife and she just talked to me and she shared with me how to pray and it changed the way I prayed. 
And there might be times throughout the day when I'm saying God be with them. But there's going to be at least one time a day when it's not just to bless me. That's something inside of me. And maybe you're not 100% there yet. That's fine. If right now you're just saying, you know what, I can bless them and I can pray for them. That's good. But I want to give you some thoughts and ideas of the power of prayer. And we've got something I'd like to hand out. And I've asked Winona, Winona help me. Um, I, I wrote this out last night or yesterday. And then she looked at it and she goes, what are you trying to say? And so she helped me re-sculpt it. So the ushers, um, I want to pass something out to you because I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure, and I don't want to um, sound belittling, but I'm not 100% sure how many of us understand the power of prayer and the way of praying the word of God over a situation. And if you know it, great Thank God. Please don't be offended. But if you don't know it, I've got some verses and some thoughts here. And I've asked Winona to share them with me. Because when she starts praying over something, there's some power that gets upon her. And you can take these with you. And as you pray this year, over these next few weeks, as you start and you get into the habit of praying for somebody, there are some verses and some thoughts and shows you how. And you can actually just take these if you want. They're given for your benefit. They're given for you to use. And hopefully what it does is it causes you to have a deeper depth in your prayer and a greater passion when you pray. So we're just going to wait a minute while everybody gets one. Yeah, go ahead, honey. When you begin to pray the word over someone's life or over your own life, what you are doing is you are coming into agreement with the covenant. And there's power there. Because God gave us his covenant. He spoke his words, and the covenant was paid for with his blood. So he stands behind his covenant. So my words don't necessarily change things, but God's words, God's covenant always changes things. So when we begin to understand the power of praying the word, and we've we've been talking about this in Bible study for couple of years now, the power of praying the word over our lives. And so Pastor David had listed some verses, and some of these are good for you to pray over your life, your, your own self, the spirit of wisdom. That's a great one to pray over yourself. But, you know, maybe this will help you begin to uh, pray in a different way for the people that you have chosen to pray for. And maybe this will open up a prayer language and a prayer, uh, a way of praying for you that you've never experienced. And it will be a little bit more dynamic and you will, you will grow in it. Um, basically we looked at the verses and you can take this with any verse. And this is just a sampling of a few. And you look at them. And you begin to speak them and insert that person's name in there. And you begin, you can paraphrase. It's okay to paraphrase. It's okay to expound on it. So the last one on your first page is the goodness of God leads us to repentance. If you know somebody who is not saved, if you know somebody who's backslidden, who's not walking with the Lord, father, reveal yourself to David, let your goodness and your kindness overtake him. 
Lord, it is your goodness that leads us to repentance. Let your goodness bring him to your saving grace that he would know you as his Lord and Savior. That's a powerful prayer. Because, you see, now I've just prayed covenant over them. I've said, God, this is what you said. This is, I'm believing that for this person. And we're coming into agreement with his covenant. And he enacts his covenant. Amen. So there's like 17 different bold uh, writing. There's, there's the second one there. Pray a psalm. Declare a psalm over the person you're praying for. So, for instance, you got Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Lord, you are David's shepherd. Would you watch over him and protect him? Would you lead him into the still waters? Would you give him and restore his soul? Lord, when he's in trouble, Lord, would you set him in the midst of his enemies? Would you prepare a table for him? Yes. You see how that, you take the verse and you speak the word of God over their lives. There's nothing more powerful than God's word. It does not come back to him empty. And this, like Winona said, is just a sample. You could virtually almost read virtually any, almost any verse. I mean, I know there's some that one of you will pick up and go, what? Jesus wept? How do you pray over that? Somebody, but virtually you can read, and I don't think you could read a passage of scripture without seeing something that you could pray for yourself, for your spouse, for your believer. And so the people that you've got on your list, whether they're family or whatever, I'm sure you can take these, read them, and then say, God, would you be with, and you can speak of a hedge of protection. God, would you protect so-and-so as they're working today? Would you be a hedge of protection around them that the enemy would not go in and devour, but that he would, and he would not still kill and destroy, but that you would give him life. You see how that, you take the scripture. So we're doing a little bit of teaching as we're doing this, but I believe this will actually infuse and make your prayer time alive. Then the second part is just as important as the first part, and that's the listening. And Pastor referred to that as listening. And I think that is something we in North America do not know how to do very well. And it's, Lord, so when you begin to pray for that person, pray for yourself as well. Because if God has laid them on your heart to pray for them, he's done that for a reason. That means he wants to use you to impact them, to change them, to bring his glory to them, to bring his goodness to him, to bring his love to them. He wants you to impact them. I cannot impact your circle of influence. Pastor David cannot impact your circle of influence. He's not on your job site with you. He's not in your home with you. He's not with your family dinner when you get together at Christmas. You are. And God wants you to impact your circle of influence. So if he has placed two names or two families or a family on your heart, he's done it for a reason because he wants to use you. And we have to begin to look at that, that God wants to use us for more than just coming together on Sunday morning. But he wants to use you to reach a lost and dying world. 
So part of that is listening. Part of that is praying for yourself. So if we are praying for a couple, then I would pray, God, open my eyes today. Open my heart. Show me what you want me to know today regarding them. He may show you something. He may give you a picture. He may drop a scripture verse into your mind. If he drops a scripture verse into your mind, I'd venture to say he wants you to probably pray that over them. God, bring them across my path. Open a door. Open an avenue for me to touch them. Open an avenue for me to share your love and goodness with them. Lord, bring them across my path today. What do you want me to do? And when we begin to ask questions and we begin to put ourselves in the mode of listening for those answers. And then as we go about our day, recognize that when they come across our path, it's for a reason. It is a divine appointment. Amen. And that's how we have to view it. It's a divine appointment. And he's called you to carry out his message. So when they come across your path at Safeway or at work or wherever, God, I'm here. What would you want me to say? What do you want me to do? We don't have to jam the gospel down somebody's throat. We just have to show them love. The love of Jesus. Amen. So it might just be giving them a hug. It just might be asking them how their day is. It might be listening to hear what they say. They might say, well, actually, you know, I'm just on my way from such and such. So-and-so is sick. Or this has happened. Or my husband's lost his job. Well, I would say to you, there's a perfect opportunity for you to come and be an impact in their life. Can I pray with you? Is it all right if I pray for a job for your husband? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for healing for you? You don't necessarily have to do it right then and then. Grab them, lay hands on them. You can just ask them. You can do it. You can add it to your prayer thing. But you see, now we've made ourselves open so that when those people come across our path, now we're listening. We've become tuned to the Holy Spirit. And now we can actually begin to be dispensers of his love, his grace, his mercy, his healing, his power, his anointing, his peace, his rest. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Amen. Amen. So those of you, does everybody here have a blue paper? Anybody need a blue paper? If, What it is, is the white one stays with you and the blue one stays here. So if you need a white and a blue one or any, just raise your hand and the ushers will quickly bring that out. And if you've got them, if you've got your things written in there, the names, great. If you need a moment, write out. Um, If God gives you a couple, if you've only got one name, that's fine. It's not mandatory. You have to have two, but I'm encouraging you to ask God for two. So we're going to take a moment. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to bring these up. We're going to put them in. um, There's a, oh, oh, here it is. We'll put them in here. And we're just going to join together up front. 
And you're all welcome, even if you don't put one in here, you're welcome to come up. It's not, I don't want you to feel like you have to stay seating when other people are moved. So you can feel free to come up. So if you're ready, why don't you come forward now and then just stay forward and we're just going to close in prayer and we're going to pray over the names and the commitments that we've got in here. So feel free to come forward and then just stay up here. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to pray over these. We're going to believe for something to happen. Hallelujah. Awesome. I love seeing the children, young people coming. Is there anybody else? Praise God. Amen. We're just going to stay up here. Okay. Does anybody need an extra moment or two? And listen, if you haven't filled one out and you want to come here and join in prayer, that is fine. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and just like I said, I'm not going to call call you up. Don't don't look around and say, "Oh, here's somebody I can bug next week." <laughs> okay, what we are doing is we are standing together in agreement. Covenant is agreement, and we are standing in agreement. And I'm standing here to tell you that I'm going to be praying for every one of you. I may not pray every single day for you, but I'm going to be praying for you. Very regularly. I'm going to be asking God to cause something inside of you. And some of you might find this easier than others. Some of you, it's very easy. You're outward going and it's very easy just to minister or to show love. And others of you, it might freak you right out. That's okay. Freaks me out a bit too. But I know that you're going to be praying for me. And I'm going to be praying for you. So we're going to just join hands together as a family because we're all family here. We're going to unite ourselves together. We're just going to ask God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I believe this is something that you have ordained and that you have brought and that you have designed and instructed. So Lord, I appreciate you're phoning us right now, but Lord, we're coming to you and we're phoning you. And Lord, we're bringing this to fo- before you as brothers and sisters. And Lord, I ask God that we would remember every day. Lord, help me remember every day to pray for those on my list. That your love would overwhelm them. And Lord, whether, they, whether I see them one day or the next day, God, that you would prepare me to plant seeds of love, to water those seeds, and that you would bring the increase. And Lord, teach me how to pray with fervency. Lord, I don't want to just say bless them. But Lord, give me words 
of power, words of faith, your words, your insight. Let me hear what you are saying. And Lord, I ask for 2014 to be a banner year. A banner year in our lives. And I ask God for increase. I expect change to happen in me. And I expect change to happen in everyone here. In the name of the Father, who is the creator, the master, rules over everything. I declare that and I speak that by the authority of your Son and by the moving and directing of your Holy Spirit. I speak that and I declare that now in your name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have yourself a great week. And. Uh...